This is Alex Grossman, and you're listening to episode 139 of the Who's on Top podcast. And welcome back to episode 139 of the Who's on Top podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Fox. Boys took a week off, but we are back and better than ever. We will be talking a lot of baseball, a little football, and a whole lot of NBA playoffs. But before we do that, we need to introduce our analyst first. Currently striking or daging down in Rutgers remains to be seen in 45-degree cold. It's Ellis Gordon. I actually did neither, and a couple of clarifications. Uh, it's actually 68 and sunny here. Just my house is 45 because f*** Tverdov, and I have no hot water. But regardless, it's a good time here at Rutgers. Uh, kind of just did some target work today, and yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting time at Rutgers. It's probably a better way to put it. All right, next. My MLB The Show buddy just pulling Nolan Arenado. He's playing right now. BDK, Jacob Gadsden, how you doing? Doing great. It was also another gorgeous day up in Syracuse. This whole week looks really nice. 75 and sunny today. Threw a baseball with my friends for an hour. Oh, hell yeah. Um, now we're just grinding some live series collections. Living the dream. All right. We have a guest. Alex Grossman is back on the pod to talk some NBA. Thank you so much for having me again. I, I got some spicy opinions. I'm oh, here we go. He has the so, worst opinions ever. I don't. I, I actually know the NBA he better, doesn't, he doesn't have better than Kaz for sure, and yeah. we'll we'll see about you guys. But, but for Jacob to admit that is crazy. That must mean you know your. Shit. I've never heard Jacob admit that someone knows more about sports than him in my life. Yeah, this like, should be. He was like the most random shit about basketball. All right, well that's why he's our NBA correspondent. But before we get to that, we need to get through everything else in the tip off. Let's start with the ML. And yes, the Rays are both Mickey and Mousing. They're 10-0. They've ridden their uh, amazingly soft schedule, playing the three worst teams in baseball. Um, somehow, someway, they get 10 of their first 13 games at home. It doesn't make any sense. Neither does their success, but they just beat the Red Sox 1-0. Brandon Lowe hit a home run, and they spammed the lefties as they always do. All right, quick update. on Did I even say that they're 10-0? I don't even I don't even think I mentioned that they're 10 and 0. They're 10 and 0. Uh the Red Sox and the Yankees have both been kind of up and down this season. The Red Sox got swept by the Pirates, then they went and swept the Tigers. They're 5 and 5. Uh the Yankees are 6 and 4, just lost to the Guardians. Um other news around baseball because it's not just all about us. We're not narcissists like LeBron. The Dodgers and the Astros are both off to mediocre starts. The Astros are 5 and 6. The Dodgers are 5-5, five and five, despite the Dodgers absolutely raking. They've had a couple tough series, so that's going to be interesting to watch. Other teams that are struggling, the Philadelphia Phillies, if they don't just put a beat down on the Marlins, improved to just 4-6. and six. They got swept by the Rangers, lost 2 out of 3 to the Yankees, but they've been slightly better as of late. The Cardinals, meanwhile, are in last place in the NL Central with 3 with a three and six record, they got swept at home by the Braves. And you know, if they're in last place, that must mean the Pirates are ahead of them. And they are the Pirates are six and four. Six and four. Though O'Neill Cruz did just go down with an injury. Ellis has said that the Pirates are going to win more than 70 games. So he was slightly right about that. 65, but yeah. The Arizona Diamondbacks sit across the NL West. So it should be an interesting first place matchup between the Milwaukee Brewers. Who have the second best record in baseball at seven and two, and the Arizona Diamondbacks. All right, we have to go through some injuries. Adam Duvall was literally the best player in baseball, but he hurt his wrist diving for a, a pop up. Fortunately, he won't need surgery, but it is broken, so he's going to miss about four to six weeks. The Yankees placed two more guys on the DL: Josh Donaldson and Jonathan Loizaga, uh, but they got Franchi Cordero, so it's all cool. I referenced O'Neill Cruz earlier. He's going to be out till August with a broken leg. Justin Verlander is on the IL with shoulder. He says he's okay, but he's also 40. Uh, the Mariners have some injury problems. Andres Munoz and Robbie Ray both on the IL. Mount Eloy Jimenez, he's always injured. Um, he's on the IL with a hamstring. Joey Bart, uh, Ellis's 
NL Rookie of the Year pick from last year. He's on the IL. And Daniel Bard and Austin Meadows are both on the IL for anxiety. But some good news, Liam Hendricks is officially cancer-free. He run the bell. He should be back with the White Sox by May. All right, quick, we're going to have a new segment inside the tip-off real quick. It's called People Raking, People Dealing, where I'm going to tell you who's raking and who's dealing. We might change the name later. And you might have to say the best player in baseball right now is future Yankee Brian Reynolds leading the league in average. He has five home runs. Uh, right behind him is Rafael Devers, who had three home runs in his series in Detroit. Vlad, his ass is a wagon. We all know that. Somehow the Dodgers have reincarnated Jason Hayward, so that's great for them. Uh, Matt Chapman just won player of the uh, player of the month. Uh, Wander Franco looks healthy, and Will uh, no Freddie Freeman is hitting 420 because of course he is. Shout out Jacob. All right, I think, I think he, box means Matt Chapman player of the week, not player of the month. That's what I meant. Thank you for oh, good to know you're listening. All right, now on to people dealing. We got the zero ERA club. Some familiar faces that you might expect: Luis Castillo, Kevin Gossman. Uh, but also Kyle Freeland and Drew Rothmason, and of course Jeffrey Springs because it's easy when you face the Tigers and the A's. Marcus Stroman has also been dealing. Dustin May, Garrett Cole has been really good. Uh, Nico Dolos, watch out for him. He's a sneaky, he's a sneaky fella. That was people raking and people dealing. That was the MLB tip off. We'll be back next week. It's gonna be a little shorter next week because we're, I'm only going over one week instead of two. But for now, on to Jacob with the NFL. Yeah, so quick NFL news, not too much happening. Obviously, the NFL draft coming up later this month, which is super excited. Lots of speculating who's going to be the number one pick. Bryce Young is now the odds favorite. It was CJ Stroud a week ago, but now it's Bryce Young. In some signings, Shaq Lawson re-signed with the Bills for a one-year contract. And then out of nowhere, Baltimore Baltimore Ravens in their last minute, I guess their last minute try to keep Lamar Jackson there. They signed Odell Beckham Jr. to a one-year $18 million deal. And it looks like Lamar's going to stay now because it's it's come out that Lamar's the main guy who recruited Odell to the Ravens. So that could be a pretty scary offense with Lamar, Odell, Dobbins, Bateman, and Mark Andrews there. It's a good move for the Ravens, but that's really it for the NFL. More, definitely more will happen in the next couple of weeks leading up to the drafts. So let's head over to Ellis for some stupid Yeah, a good amount of stupid We missed two weeks, and a lot of the stupid standings are kind of kind of ending at the end of the spring so we'll start with f1 which is an ending we had the australian grand prix uh verstappen another easy win i mean it's kind of getting boring at the top but there's a lot of good fighting in the midfield hamilton big performance for him second place alonzo continues the aston martin dream season four races in but he's in third place leaving aston martin in second in the standings uh stroll was in fourth and then disaster for ferrari as Leclerc didn't finish, and Sainz got 12th, so didn't even get any points. So they are hurting, to say the very least. And then, yeah, McLaren had a decent day, and that was the biggest highlights from a race. It was actually really exciting with, like, three crashes, and at the end, a lot of... Definitely would be a top-five race at the end of the season. So even though first wasn't fun, because Verstappen killed it, two through ten was a battle to the last lap, so good race over there. Ironically, it was, like, at 4 a.m., 3 a.m., so he did fall asleep with two laps left. So that was kind of funny. Um, UFC was a great card. Rob Font beats Adrian Yanez. Uh, Gilbert Burns handles Masvidal, which we kind of had all guessed. Masvidal is overrated, but he announces his retirement historic career for Jorge Masvidal. And at the very least, you can always say he's the king of Miami and he has the fastest and coolest UFC knockout of all time. But going to cool UFC knockouts, we had Alex Perea versus Pereira versus Israel Adesanya. I teased it last episode, and it was a crazy fight. Alex Pereira, obviously Israel Adesanya has only lost to two opponents, once to Jan Blachowicz, but again, Leon Blachowicz was a weight class above Adesanya, so it's kind of hard for him to win. And then the only other opponent he lost to in his career is Alex Pereira. He was 0-3 against him, 0-2 in kickboxing, and 0-1 in UFC. This one... You know, at first, kind of looked like Pereira was winning. Round one was strong. Round two, he's landing big blows. And then he has him, Adesanya on the ropes. Adesanya, though, responds with an epic counter. One, two to the head. Knocked Pereira to the ground. Hammer punch to the face. Pereira's out cold. Then Adesanya stands over the out cold body. And three arrows to the heart of Pereira over him. That's, of course, Pereira's big 
celebration when he wins battles, knockouts, because he's known as the hunter. And he says the hunter became the hunted. Then he goes over to Pereira's 12-year-old son, who in his first when Adesanya first got knocked out, came up to Adesanya and dropped dead like a corpse at, and mocking him when he was like eight. So this poor 12-year-old son, Adesanya goes up to him and just falls over and imitating a knockout. He does not forget the coldest celebration, maybe in contention for coldest celebration of all time in all sports, was just crazy, crazy killer instinct from Adesanya and a great speech at the end, too. That was the UFC. Not going to have a good night like that probably in a long time. Let's just do quick standings for all the main soccer leagues because all of them other than MLS are are kind of wrapping up. So in the Premier League, there is seven games left to play, some eight, you know, around there. And Arsenal, six points clear. Wait, I lied. No, they tied. So there's six points clear, but Man United City have a game on hand. So if they win that game, they could only be three points clear. It'll be a photo finish probably. Newcastle. I know they're bought out by the billionaires, but still surprise season to have the first season of being bought out to be in third place. They're tied for third place with Man United, but have tiebreaker on goal difference. Man United holding the last championship spot in fourth with Tottenham a game behind in fifth, but Man United do have a game on hand. And the bottom for relegation, Southampton. It looks like they're going to be relegated. Leicester City, kind of sad. They were the winners in like 2018, uh, underdog championship of all time according to odds. In 2018 or 2019, I forget. They're looking to be relegated all of a sudden after really strong years in the Premier League. And Nottingham Forest are tied with Everton to be relegated. So some big names in relegation battle right now. Not good to see well, if you're in the Premier League. We uh, got we got breaking news. Do 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 do. Ellis's favorite guy, Cliff Kingsbury, is back. He oh, is really? going to join USC and work with the quarterback. Ellis thoughts. That's actually probably the one position he's actually probably going to be really good at. He can totally like coat, ride the coattails of Caleb Williams and act like he did something. It's called the Adam Gase effect. But yeah, he'll be good at that job. It's the one job he'll be good at. Anyway, MLS standings. We got Cincinnati in first place, a point ahead of New England, Atlanta. Three games back, uh, three points back of Cincinnati in the east. In the west, Seattle Sounders keep on rolling. Um, They have a point ahead of the St. Louis, uh, who are the new expansion team, and then LAF season third at 14 points. Of course, do have to quickly address the Red Bulls' racism on the field with Dante Van Zier apparently saying a racist slur to an Earthquakes player. And obviously, as a Red Bulls fan, don't accept that. He should be probably fired, even though he was signed for the most money on the team. doesn't matter. should be fired um, from his job. And yeah, just horrible to hear as a Red Bulls fan and just as a, you know, humanity fan. But in this league of standings, we got a race for the first time really in nine years. Again, I mention this every time, but it's important. Bayern trying to win for the 10th straight year, but Dortmund has something to say about that. They are only two points back with seven games remaining. Union Berlin, of course, seven points back, so they have an outside shot, but unlikely. Syria, uh, it's over pretty much. There are seven games left, but Napoli have a 16-point lead. And La Liga also most likely over, also eight games left, but... Barcelona have a 13-point lead over Real Madrid. That was all my soccer standings. Quickly talk about the Masters because I don't really like golf, but it is the Masters. Wait, I picked the correct Masters winner. Do you know anything about golf? No. Well, I know John. I know John Rom is um, good. I know John Rom is good. I was in this <laughs> Masters like um, fantasy Masters. Oh, Mookie Betts. You did fantasy Masters? Yeah, not for money. Not for money. But Why? I went straightly on vibes because I got invited to do it. I um picked Cameron Champ because his last name is Champ, and this guy named like something Fo- Rick Fox or something because um, Fox. His last name is Fox. I did really. I lost the mass. I lost the tournament. I think, but I picked John Rom too. Well, I never heard of Fantasy Masters. I don't really watch the Masters. I don't really care. But I know it is the Masters, so it's important. Brooks Kepka had a three-day lead. They led for three days, excuse me, and then choked at the end. Um, And then John Ram won. Congrats to him for putting on the green jacket. That is all for stupid. Let's move on to the main segment, which is some NBA. Let's do that indeed. All right. I want to take a back seat because um, I don't want Jacob to, you know, start gatekeeping basketball knowledge because I haven't really watched a basketball game since December. So I'll be honest, but I've been keeping up with everything. And I brought in some of my favorite friends to uh, to help me out here. So we're going to talk. Before we get into the NBA playoff preview, we have an NBA chaos roundup. 
That's new. Uh, some punches were being thrown. Some fights were on. It was it was just a chaotic last day. Um, and first, I gotta take another victory lap because there's two things I'm always right about: Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie Irving destroying basketball teams. Because I was right about him on the Nets, and I told you that the Mavs were not gonna be good. And not only were they not good, not only were they not title competitors, they didn't even make the playoffs. They didn't even make the play-in. They were such a dysfunctional show. Kyrie does it again. The dude does not miss. He doesn't miss. He ruins every franchise he's a part of. And now Luca is complaining to the media, but it's okay. He wants to stay there. Guys, thoughts on the Dallas Mavericks and Kyrie doing it again? Yeah, they are an absolute mess right now. Um, kind of sad for Knicks fans. You know, obviously their pick is top, what is it, top 10. 10 protected. Looking like it could fall in the top 10, but of course it's a lottery, so you never know. Um, no, the lottery's 10 picks now, so it's automatically guaranteed. I believe how they're doing it is the four teams that don't make the playoffs that make the play-in are in the lottery. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. Oh, okay, well, never mind then. So it, it's still to be decided. Um I'm gonna, I'm gonna disagree with Fox a little bit. I oh, I asked I, I think Kyrie as a player, I think gets a little underrated. Obviously, he has many issues that I do not think are right. But I think a lot of it is just the fact that they had no talent around those two guys. I think the front office is messed up. Like you you can't you can't do anything with with two great players and no one else. I I know I know they're like very talented and, and you know the rest of the roster doesn't suck but I don't know I I I think they're a mess but I'm I'm not put I'm putting it on the front office a little bit too I'm gonna slightly uh, disagree with both of you guys actually okay I think first off I think yeah they weren't very talented outside of that but it was always bound to be not as bad as this but bad when you have two isocentric guys who don't take efficient shots, even though they are efficient, they're efficient, but they don't take efficient shots and then don't do a lot on defense in terms of Kyrie's actually underrated on defense, but he's not a primary defender. Um, So I think that's why I was always bound to fail. Um, Now fail this bad. I agree. And while I think a lot of that's on Kyrie, I also think a lot of it's on Luca. And I think he's not, didn't get enough criticism for his play this year. He was a little out of shape, but he was last year too. They did a whole study last year that he was the least efficient in the fourth quarter because he was tired. And, it's really, you know, it's his defense and it's off-ball movement. I just watched his whole film breakdown. And when Luka doesn't have the ball on offense, and this isn't Kyrie, because Kyrie is very active off-ball on offense. When Luka doesn't have the ball on offense, he sits in the winging corner waiting for the three-point shot and does nothing else. That's a, that, that means he's doing nothing else off-ball on offense. Uh, so I think some more blame needs to be on Luka, um, too, for his effort. Um, Obviously, I think he's a fantastic player. But I think Kyrie shouldn't get all the blame, though, of course... I don't like Kyrie. I think there's definitely some correlation there as well. But no, no off ball movement on offense, lackluster defense. Come on, Luca, you're you're the head of the franchise a little more. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's not to undermine either your points. Cause I think both your points are valid. I just think it's a combination of the three. Yeah, I'm wonder. You know, I saw a picture of um of Luca. You know, early in his first year, and now he's definitely. I don't. I think it's fair to say he's not in the same shape he was. As a rookie, is that fair to say? And for sure. For someone who who has the ball so much and is dependent on for so many minutes, you know he's he wears down towards the end of games. You know, so definitely some of the blame comes on him. I don't disagree with you on that, and on the GM. But most of all, you can't say that this was. I mean, it was a playoff team before they got Kyrie, and it was suddenly not a playoff team. And like. There's it's it's such a low standard just to finish the as the ten seed and they couldn't even do that. But let's talk about another dysfunctional team, the Minnesota Timberwolves, who I was pretty high on entering this year, but it's just been up and down. You have the Carl Anthony Towns injury, Rudy Gobert didn't fit in. Um, they traded D'Angelo Russell. They were able to make the play and they'll play, I believe, the Lakers. Right? They will play the Los Angeles Lakers, but they will do so without Rudy Gobert. Because he's out after punching, sorry, who was it? Kyle Anderson. He is out after punching Kyle Anderson, uh, who apparently called him a b- which uh, reminded me a little of our backyard games. Um, and 
It's only one game because he didn't punch him in the face. You know, he's not Ellis. He doesn't take cheap shots to the face. But he was sent home, and he's going to miss the most important game of their season. And who else is going to miss the most important game of the season is Jalen McDaniel because he punched a freaking wall and broke his hand. So he's out for the rest of the season. So now they're without two starters as they start their playoff run. Guys, the Minnesota Timberwolves, it's just been almost as chaotic as the Mavericks. Not quite yet. What, what, is, to, what is to make of them? Yeah, well, it, it's over for them. I mean, well, so here's the thing. I I don't know if you guys know. I'm a little bit of a Laker fan because a little bit? Of, because of LeBron. I I know Fox. Oh, oh, oh. First of all, Lakers are gonna beat them. I I don't think that's a controversial opinion after what happened. But you know, then then they're going up against most likely the Pelicans, and you know, I I I just think it's over for them. And the the whole trade to begin with was just an absolute disaster. The fact that like you have Walker Kessler, who's already like eighty percent of Rudy Gobert, it just—I I always hated Gobert, and he is only proving that he adds very little value to whatever team he's on. Yeah, you know, I was the Gobert defender for a bit, and now I'm just totally off. I mean, was Kyle Anderson wrong? I mean, Gobert just seemed like a bitch. like I don't—I I don't know what else. I know that's not good you now. The context behind it is Gobert was playing injured last night. And that, and then he called him a. B- he got mad about that. Okay, but all his teammates seemed to hate him. Remember, Donovan Mitchell and Gobert seemed to have beef. They never passed yeah, each did. other. Like, dude is universally hated by the league. Even Draymond went on a podcast say, "I mean, this is a grown man." Draymond said, "Yeah, I thought Gobert was a." B-. Like, I, I, and he adds really no value anymore in the NBA, and so he's overrated. And they actually have very similar net ratings when he's on and off the field. And now I do think most of their problems this year came from the cat injury. Obviously, you and you lose the best player. That hurts a lot. But he's really not valuable if you look at the advanced stats. If you really look at most of the stats, I mean, especially the guard-heavy play, he's not great on the perimeter. He's overrated on the perimeter. He's the uh, drop coverage, eh. I mean, <laughs> he just seems like kind of a The one funny, unrelated thing about Gobert is it's funny because... He started the COVID pandemic and Biden, who just uh, announced that the COVID emergency is over when Gobert gets suspended. Like, it all circles back to Gobert. Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. But other than that, like, yeah, the, the Timberwolves are f- They're f- Yeah. Well, well, that's it for the Chaos Roundup. Let's talk about some teams that actually have a chance. And we'll begin with the East. And we'll begin with the East powers. It was a... It was about the season, you know, if you look at the final NBA standings, and you showed it to us in the beginning of the season. We'd say this would make sense. You know, this is about where we thought the Bucks and Celtics would be. But the Celtics started so hot, they looked like they were going to approach, you know, over exceed 60 wins. Now, they almost did it anyway. But they definitely slowed down, had a rough stretch in January and February. Um, and the Bucks just went crazy. I think they won 16 games in a row. And they secured the one seed. So, I ask you all. Who is the favorite in the Eastern Conference right now? I think it's it's pretty easily the Milwaukee Bucks. And um, I think they're the most dominant team. We, we've seen the Celtics. Obviously, yeah, you said they have an, an, had an amazing start to the season. They've disappointed recently. Uh, Tatum's been really inconsistent. They've had some injuries. I know Brown was hurt. Uh, Williams was hurt for a little bit. And about the Sixers. Embiid, again, back-to-back years with the scoring title. I think 33.4 points this year. Just absolutely ridiculous for a big man center. But um, I just don't think they – I just don't think they're – on the same level as the Bucks, and outside of those top three, there's not really anyone else to discuss as the favorite, in my opinion. I think you know, yeah, I think the Seven Sixers deserve a shout, even though I'm not predicting them, but they definitely deserve a shout with the scoring title and the assist leader in James Harden. I just don't think they have the defensive capabilities to take on those teams. I think the rest of the teams are not title contenders. Um, the Cavs might make a little noise, but no, the, this Bucks Celtics series are, is going to be legendary if it happens. I mean. I think I have to slightly edge the Bucks just because of what happened last year without Middleton and Middleton slowly coming is slowly came back. Um, and the Bucks are so deep, but you have an, a team that Bucks can be offensively. Cha- I mean, they're so good at defense, but they they can be offensively challenged at times. My real worry for the Celtics is, I mean, they're sometimes just shot chuckers. They really are like they're not getting the same looks when Ime Aduka was coach that they were getting when Ime Adoka was coach as they are with Joe Mazzula. They sometimes settle for crappy shots. And they have great shot makers, so it sometimes works. So at the beginning of the season, you saw this. It really worked. Tatum was on. Um, 
and and Brown was on, and it was like, wow, this team is just unstoppable. But then their shot quality started catching up to them. You know, Tatum can't always be on, and it's not like the Bucs are going to give them easy shots. They're the best defensive team in the NBA. So that's why I'm going to slightly give the edge to the Bucs, just because of that mismatch, I think. But, you know, Tatum has the capability of hitting any shot. So if he's hot and not being neutralized by Middleton, then the Celtics can win it. I think it's going to be a great series. Because uh, at the end of the day, even though I said give a shot to the 76ers, I'm not predicting the 76ers to win. I think I think it'll be a great series. But yeah, I mean, Brown and Tatum, they're just they're, they're going to take those shots. Even Smart sometimes takes dumb shots. But those two no, players... Yeah. Those three players are going to take the are going to take not the best shots, and if they're not falling, like there's going to be two games the Bucks are going to win just because they don't fall. Now it's going to really be those, and the Celtics are going to win one or two games because they can't miss. So it's really going to be those games three and four where where who can leg it out, and I think the Bucks are just a little better that they will have the best player on the court. Giannis, though the Celtics are pretty well, even though I don't think the Celtics defense is all that great. They have, they have a good Giannis stopper in Robert Williams, and Grant Williams actually did a pretty good job on Giannis too last year. I remember that. Um, But yeah, I think the I think the Bucs do slightly edge it out. I think it'll be a great series, though. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, For many of the same reasons, I feel like a lot of the time when you look at the box score for the Celtics, it'll be like Tatum's like 6 for 17 at one point from the field, and it's just like, I I know the Celtics made the finals last year, but I, I still just can't say I fully trust them. And you know Giannis is going to go out there and he's going to do his thing. And that's why he's the best player in the NBA. And also, the, like, the other guys on that team, like Drew Holiday, having maybe the best year of his career, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, all these guys, I don't think they've ever played better. And even though they're not all-star level players, when you have this many players who are, like, at their peak at the same time. And it's just, they're so well coached and it just, I, I think it's their year. And- Two things and I want to pose a question. Sorry, Dan. And then you can go actually before I pose the question. But one is you can definitely tell the difference between an Ime Doka coach team and a Joe Mazzula coach team. And, I, I, and I'm not saying that Joe Mazzula is a bad coach by any stretch of the imagination. And I'm not saying they should not have fired Ime Doka. It's kind of weird. Like it's still clouded in like secrecy, but, but like I'll assume that they did the right thing. They probably did. Um, but I think the X factor, that's one. The X factor though, I think is Al Horford. Because when he's in banging in threes from the corner and when he's getting points for the Celtics, this it just adds another layer for the Celtic for the Celtics scores. And I think he's an underrated I mean, obviously your X Factor you have Giannis and Tatum, but I think he's an underrated role player X Factor for the Celtics team. Well, let me tell you who the X Factor is, Alice. And it's who I've been saying Every single time we talk about the Celtics, it's Rob Williams because this team is completely different when Rob Williams is on the court. It's night and day. And that's how the Celtics really won last series. It was by bullying this Bucks inside, especially in game seven and hitting their outside shots. I said earlier that this season that the Celtics, if they're healthy, it comes, it's going to come down to whoever's healthiest in this series. That's what we talked about in the NBA preview. Well, both teams are healthy, so it should be a hell of a series. But when the Celtics are healthy, and the addition of Malcolm Brogdon, I think, cancels out Chris Middleton. Now, Chris Middleton is a better player, but I think what Malcolm Brogdon allows the Celtics to do in in terms of shot creation, in terms of limiting the turnovers, I think it's just a completely different team as much attention as the Jays get. It's a completely different team when Brogdon and Williams are out there. And you got to assume that they're going to be out there because they're healthy, right? Now, so look, it's going to take Tatum not the bed like he did against the Warriors. It's going to take Jay. It's going to take a lot. Um, and I would say the odds on favorites are probably the Bucks, but the Celtics team is tough. They've responded a lot of times this year. They beat the Bucks in Milwaukee once. They killed them in Boston another time, and they almost beat them without any of their starters. So they played the Bucks well this season, really well. So I still feel like the Celtics have more than a punter's chance because this team is really good. They were the best team for 75% of the season. Then some of their guys got injured. And uh, this team knows how to win. Even if Missoula's never won, this is a team full of guys who play in the NBA Finals. I think two more things real quick. Um, is One is that, you know, I think part of it's going to be how, a war of attrition. So how quickly can these two teams get past their first and second round matchups? Two, I would probably give it 60-40. I know I sound like Jeremy to the Bucs, 
partly because they have home field advantage, which none of us mentioned. And that's a big thing because both crowds can get raucous, especially Boston. And it's pretty crucial that Boston will, if in a seven game series, Boston will only play three in their home in TD Garden. So with that. Okay, so we all agree that it's coming down to Celtics and Bucks. We respect the 76ers, but besides Embiid, not a lot there uh, in terms of playoff trust. But let's talk about some of these play-in teams. I, I would say the West is easily more interesting in terms of their play-in teams. I mean, you got LeBron James um, when he's not busy crowning himself. Uh, he's a pretty good basketball player. But in the East, it's a lot of teams that, you know... You got the Miami Heat. They're the seven seed. They've really taken a step back, like I said they would. Just saying. Uh, injuries have, and the long playoff run last year took, kind of took their toll. The Hawks did not do as well as expected, even though Jeremy said they're going to be the three seed. Um, did not do as well as they expected with the Trey Young uh, and DeJounte Murray pairing. The Bulls missed Alonzo Ball, and the Toronto Raptors are pretty far removed from making the finals three years ago and contending uh in 2020 guys of those of those teams are there is there anybody who now one of these teams is gonna oh these teams all have to play the bucks or the celtics all right who we both said are contenders but if you were to pick one team who would it be that has a chance against them i think the heat can steal they don't have a chance but i think the heat can steal two games off the celtics just because of playoff jimmy butler is one of the biggest dogs I've ever seen. That man is does everything. And I think just c- literally because of that only, and then let's say Tyler Hero gets hot for one game and can't miss, then the Heat... I think I, I don't think the Celtics sweep the Heat. I think they, it's a five-game series. But if they're lucky, I think the Heat can make it a six-game series. Yeah, I agree with Ellis. I think the Heat are the one that could... Not, I don't think they'll win, but um, obviously Hero getting hot. Jimmy Butler's a dog in the playoffs, as Ellis said. And just the fact that Jimmy Butler... Not Jimmy Butler. Just the fact that Bam Adebayo can guard one through five is, is huge for them. And we know what he's done defensively against against the Celtics in the playoffs before, but um, I don't think they have a shot at winning winning a series against them. But I think it would be closer than people expect. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go as far to say he can push them to seven. I think mm. if if you have Jimmy at his best, you know, guarding Tatum or Brown or whoever it may be. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to repeat everything you guys said, but I, I'm just gonna add on. It could go seven. I think that's crazy. I think six max. Yeah. But okay, I expect- what, what- one point because I agree with you. I kind of want to say the Hawks just because you know they were they suck. They suck. They, They're terrible. But they were two games away from a final from the finals, and they've had and they have two star players. None of these teams. None of these teams are going to win. They were five hundred this year. They're not even. No, dude, all of these teams are five hundred. Yeah, I was they're just trash. Adding, I was just adding a contributing point. Okay? Raptors only winning if they put around Harper Jr. at the small forward. I, I was. The thing is, I think the Heat are too old and too gassed to hang in a seven-game series. It's it, it's just too – they're too old. You're too old. Um, all right. This is an interesting question. I was thinking about this. Uh, I'm actually – sneak peek. I'm writing an MLB article, which teams are under the most pressure this year, so look out for that. But it got me thinking about which NBA team this postseason is under the most pressure. And we're going to start at the East. Well, we'll do the West later. But let's talk about the East right now. And I don't know if it's either the Celtics or the Bucks. I would, even though those are the favorites, I'm sort of thinking it's the 76ers because how often are you going to have a healthy Joel Embiid and a relatively healthy James Harden in their prime? They might not get another shot at this. They really might not. And even though they're probably going to lose, almost certainly going to lose according to us, I think that they, this, this is their chance. This is their opportunity. It's not a great opportunity, but it's their opportunity. Yeah, I was just going to say, you guys keep saying exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say the Sixers. That's why we all agree here. It's a good oh, time. Yeah, like, I, I'm like, I'm a little bit of an Embiid and Harden hater. I, I've never really liked either of them. I respect them a ton, but they've been given so many chances over their careers, and I would love to see it not happen again. I agree. All right, then let's move on to the Western Conference and – before the NBA season, we said to ourselves that we really don't have a great idea. You know, it could go one through eight. It could be jumbled. We don't know. I think somebody here picked the Lakers as the one seed. Uh, it was a whole thing. And as we get into the playoffs, I don't know if we have a great idea either. The Kings surprise got the three seed. The Suns added Kevin Durant, but they're only the four seed. The Warriors slipped to the six seed. 
The Lakers stuck in as the seventh seed. Zion was hurt. Shea Gillis decided Alexander decided to be a MVP and as we met MVP contender. And as we mentioned earlier, the Dallas Mavericks are not in the playoffs. All right, so let's talk about the Denver Nuggets. And we'll start off with them. Are we at all concerned? This is a team that pretty much coast to coast ran the Western Conference. Nikola Jokic had another MVP caliber season. They got Jamal Murray back, uh, Aaron Gordon. It's a very good team, but they did lose five out of six to end the season. They lost to the Pelicans without Zion Williamson. They lost to the Sun twice. They lost by 20 to the Rockets, and they lost to the Utah Jazz. Are we taking anything into this? Guys. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm not really too concerned about the Nuggets in, in terms of their late late season skid. Nikola Jokic did not play those games. He just flat out did not play. He was out for like the last week or week and a half of the season. It's the reason I lost my fantasy basketball championship because uh, <laughs> he just didn't play. It's really annoying. But um, I don't have him going to the finals. But I I don't know if he'll struggle at all in the first round. There's a tease. Ah, uh, I don't know. I I agree, with Jacob. That's not that's not the reason. But if we're talking about they're a finals team, not to skip ahead, and I just really don't know what to do with the West. I think every single team has a lot of flaws, um, a lot of flaws. I, I'm, I've been a bit of a Jokic hater. Um, I obviously think he's incredible offensively, but I don't, don't really like his defense. I think these Nuggets defensively aren't that great altogether. I don't know, man. I don't know who's coming out of here. Yeah, Kings are too young. Grizzlies are too, I don't know. I, the Grizzlies are, I don't still think they have the talent enough to do it. Plus all the off-court distractions. Clippers have a Paul George issue prob- war problem. Listen, the Warriors are great. And and with if Andrew Wiggins comes back, they might have the best starting five. But, you know, like they don't have Andrew Wiggins. So I don't know about that. They are the most playoff season. Lakers have LeBron and are kind of sneaky picks. Suns have the dream team, but they haven't really played with each other a lot. That's People keep forgetting that. That's going to be a big issue. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. My first instinct says Warriors. I think they can beat the Kings, but I, they really need Andrew Wiggins. They do. It's ironic to say they a team really needs Andrew Wiggins, but he's crucial to this team. And they played so horrible on the road. They were horrible on the road. One of the worst teams in the NBA. And as a sixth seed, you're going to have to win road games this whole year. So it just makes me, I, I don't I, I don't know. I, I'm flummoxed. I don't know if you guys have any more insights. Yeah, one thing, one team we haven't talked about I don't think anybody mentioned was the Memphis Grizzlies, the two seed who have had a dysfunctional season. Shaw Moran was suspended for eight games, but yet they're here and they have as good a shot as anybody. I say, do we trust them? But I don't think anybody really trusts them. Do we think this team, let's so let me rephrase it. Do we think this team has a run in them? No, I, I I'll say right now, I think the top two seeds in the West are, do not have a chance. Ooh. Oh, I, I think I think it's gonna come from the other teams. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, I don't know if I should get into specifics yet, but uh, the Nuggets and Grizzlies just have too many flaws to me. They're just unproven, and I don't think they're built for the playoffs. And I just I I think Stephen Adams was just ruled out for the playoffs. Yeah, they already lost Brandon Clark. Grizzlies depth is gonna be tested, and I don't know. I, I think I, if you if you look at the plan right now. You're looking at seven, eight, Lakers, uh, Lakers, Timberwolves. Winner of that, if it's the Lakers, they play the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies do not match up well against the Lakers. So I, I could see if, if it is the Lakers winning that first playing game, I could see the Grizzlies going home around one. Mm. All right. That is definitely some spice. Besides the Lakers, who we just talked about, do you think any of these other teams in the West, uh, and let me tell you who they are right now, the Pelicans, the Thunder, or the Timberwolves have a chance to make it to the second round. I mean, we we got to see what happens with Zion. He's not going to play. There's he, no shot. Yeah, might, I might be wrong. He might be ruled out already for the first round. But I mean, if Zion's playing, the Pelicans can beat anyone in the West. Honestly, Ooh. they I were their second that, with Zion. Yeah, that team at full strength. So I mean, that that's something to watch out for. But I, I wouldn't expect it to happen. Yeah, I think I think this is the Lakers. The Lakers are the clear favorite play-in team here. Um, just because of LeBron and AD, I mean, their talent is immense, and they now actually have court spacing, which is nice to have. Even though Russell Westbrook was sticking up the middle finger at LeBron, which is kind of funny. Respect it. There's a picture of like Westbrook doing that to LeBron. Oh, yeah, yeah, hard picture, yeah. With Zion, but even if Zion comes back, like, in what capacity? So I'm not, I'm not willing to pick the Pelicans by any stretch of the imagination. So you really get just a dysfunctional West, with every team being good but flawed in the end of the day. Well, that 
perfectly transitions us into my next question, which is which team is under the most pressure? And I feel like you could make the case for a number of teams. Pretty much every – not the Kings. You can't make it for the Kings. They're just happy to be there. But I don't know what you guys are thinking because in one hand, you know – like I said with the 76ers, this is sort of the Nuggets shot. Like, this is their yeah, best nuggets, of the Nuggets era. But what about the Suns? What about the Suns? No? Kevin Durant? Nuggets. When you have a good team that can... Well, when you have a good team that consistently underperforms in the playoffs, and now you're the one seed with an easier route to the playoffs, easier in air quotes, I clearly just realized nobody... It's a podcast, so nobody knew I air quoted, but... You got it. You got to capitalize. If they don't capitalize, you start all of a sudden you're going to hear questions about Jokic. You're going to hear questions about Mike Malone. You're going to hear questions about the roster construction in general. So I think the Nuggets are under the most pressure. But like none of us here expect really anything for the Nuggets. I don't think but they have to do something. That just because we don't expect anything doesn't mean they have to do something. But I mean, the Suns with mortgaging, you know, McCall Bridges and all their future for really this shot. Uh, I know Agro agrees with me. You know, I feel like they're under the most pressure. Yeah, I I think the 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 chances they have moving forward with this team are small. Like you you don't know what Chris Paul's gonna be like in the future. You don't know if Katie's gonna be hurt again next year at this time. And yeah, I mean Mikhail Bridges is an absolute star. You know, they got rid of him, they got rid of some other guys, and you know, they're they're clearly going all in right now. And they have very little future assets. I, I agree that there's a ton of pressure on the Nuggets. I think people will start seeing Jokic differently depending on what happens this playoffs. But um, I think the same goes for KD and Chris Paul and those guys. Yeah, but, you know, KD might be it's probably back next year. So you can make an argument that, like, they didn't have enough time to gel. What are the chances year. that he's healthy this year? It's a good point. It's a fair next point. This is what are the shot. chances Chris Paul is – I mean, like, you have everybody healthy – at this point in the season, yeah, you know, it's pretty like in a weak West, and you know the Suns, Devin Booker's never won a championship. Chris Paul's never won a championship. KD still has stuff to prove because he's never won a championship without Curry. There's a lot of guys that have a lot to prove, and the Nuggets. I don't think anybody, you know, real like how much is Jokic's? Well, I guess Jokic actually no, that's a dumb point because Jokic's legacy would change if he won a ring. But I don't think anyone really expects him to win a reign. He's more of a, you know, he's he's just not that type of player. You know, all-around player. You know, he's more of a, how do, how do I say this without offending anybody? He, he's more of just the guy who, who piles up the numbers and, you know, he hasn't won. And I and I don't think anyone really expects him to win. Uh, that That's kind of incorrect. Yeah, I think people expect him to win. I don't think you expect him to win. I don't think we expect him to win. But I, I think people expect him to win outside of this podcast. Maybe that's what I said. I think the thing is, like, I I think he is a winner, but people know, you know, who if you would say Murray's their second best player, like you look at these other teams, Devin Booker is the second best player, Anthony Davis, like the the fact that he has like Murray as like his second guy, people like subconsciously know this team isn't actually crazy talented, you know. Well, he's also gets attacked on defense. Like the Warriors hunted him down in last year on defense so much. But like he's he, he's he's the best offensive player. He's not a stat pattern offense by any means. In fact, he's one of the most efficient players. But like you, you have to start questioning Jokic. Like I think that the difference is Fox is already questioning Jokic, but I don't think a lot of people are. And I think you have to start questioning Jokic if they don't make a run. But do we want it? Who do you think well, is going to win the West? Well, one last point. What last off season? I mean, last season really taught me that you can't really have any weaknesses on defense if you want to beat one of these good teams. Everybody in that Celtics Buck series and that Celtics Heat series could play defense and shoot the three. That's what the NBA is now because they're going to attack you. They're going to find the weak link. And there's some teams like, like, you know, the Sixers or, you know, the Grizzlies who are just not really built to win these tough, hard-fought games. The Grizzlies deserve more for their defense. They have a good defense. Bain is good defensively. Jaws pesky. Jer- Wait, is Jaron Jackson injured? No. No, Jaron Jackson is obviously one of the best defenders in the league. But I just don't know with, like, I don't want to touch the Grizzlies. I feel like there's a lot of weird, like, maybe that's a mistake. I could see them actually surprising people. But, like, I, they give me bad vibes. I think for my prediction, I think I just got to go with the most talented team because when I'm stuck, and I guess that is the Suns. 
So yeah, I'll go Suns, but I don't yeah, know. I agree. I agree with you on that one. I think the Suns are the favorite. And I sprinkle in on the Warriors or the Lakers just because of the talent that is there. But um I, I am like low-key worried for Golden State, even just even just playing this many road games and having having to win road games is gonna be crucial for them. But other than other than the Suns, I would probably go Lakers and Warriors. Watch out for the Lakers. That's all I'm gonna say. They're they are built for this. LeBron is built for this, and he, he actually has a competent team around him. So I'm gonna roll with the Suns against the Celtics and the Celtics coming out on top. It's about Damn time. Yeah, I'm right. gonna Suns Bucks. Bucks win it all. Same as same as Jacob again. Um, but you do have a good interesting revenge series going on. I think no matter what, the winner those the so if the Celtics do beat the Bucks, they will win the championship. I don't think the West is winning this year. Yeah, give me Bucks over Lakers. I'll, I'll lock that in. Wow. Uh, obviously locking it in. All right. Let's move on to predictions. Through four weeks, it has been rough, but guess what? I'm out here making my move. Baseball season starts. That means I start because I am currently in the lead. I had a five for six week. I'm now up at 42%. Ellis is right behind me at 33%. Jeremy at 29%. And Jacob, he'd be better picking with his eyes closed, is at 25%. All right. We got four NBA series and two baseball games to talk about. Two baseball series to talk about. We're going to start with the Cavs and the Knicks and who can, who else could I turn it over to, but Jacob Kasten to talk about his Knicks. Me and Ager will take this one. I don't know what Ager's pick is, but my pick is Knicks and seven. This is going to be a grind in grind out series for both teams. It's going to be tough because no one really knows how long Julius Randall's out. Um, hopefully he's back by game two. I think he's going to miss game one, unfortunately, but this Knicks team outside of Randall and Brunson, they are very, very talented. IQ, Grimes, Topman, McBride. Not McBride. McBride sucks. I'm just going on my Knicks tear right now. But, like, this Knicks team is – they're built well for the playoffs. They are they were top 10 in offensive and defensive rating the whole year. They 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 were way above their expected win averages for the year. And this team is fights. Um, obviously, it's, it's going to be really difficult playing against the Cavs with, with Allen and Mobley. And then Mitchell's obviously uber talented. But um, I've got Knicks in seven. Maybe a little bit of a homer pick, but uh, I love my Knicks. Uh, Igor, what you got? No, I, I perfectly agree with that. I think it's going to be such a good series. I love D. Mitch. Yeah, he's a picture. You know, him. yeah, I do. I did. I met him. He's from Westchester. Shout out. But I, I think the Cavs' depth is really questionable. And as you said, the Knicks, you know, they they pretty much have two Emmanuel Quickleys off the bench with how good he is. Yeah. Um, you know, Josh Hart. How could you not like him? Knicks are doing it. Yes, sir. We we will win the first round this year. My friend is actually boys with Donovan Mitchell. But, um, really? yeah, I'm going to have to uh go Cavaliers in seven. One, you got the Randall injury, which I think Jacob a little glossed over. I'm a Knicks fan, by the way. I'm not going to be Homer. I think Jacob glossed over it. I think Cavaliers win any game Randall's not involved in. So there's already an advantage Cavaliers. I do yeah, have the it in Knicks, seven. The Knicks, the Knicks were three and one this year against the uh, Cavs, and the only game they lost is when Evan Fournier started. No, I, I the Knicks are, but here's the thing with the Cavs. And I think it will go seven no matter what. I mean, they got good players to defend the Knicks. It's like not it's not the best matchup for the Knicks. Evan Mobley, Mobley and Jared Allen down low can really pick up most Knicks players, not named Jalen Brunson and IQ. So I think I think that versatility helps them win, plus a couple of clutch Donovan Mitchell performances, plus Julius Randle not being there potentially for a game. If Julius Randle was fully healthy going into this, I think I'd have Knicks in seven, but I think that's going to be the scale that tips over to the Cavaliers in seven. And the Cavaliers are just good. Garland's, they've got four very good players. So don't, don't count them out. All right, next, we got the Nets and the 76ers in the other Eastern Conference matchup. But we're all rolling with the 76ers. I have them in six, but Ellis and Jacob both have them in five. Hold on, Ellis hold on, hold on, Fox. Sorry to interrupt. Ellis, I just looked it up. Randle's likely to be back for the first round. All right, Ellis. You want to take this one? Yeah, I think the Nets are actually an underrated team, but you need star power. And 76ers have two, and Nets have maybe one. It's pretty much that simple. And I think Nick Claxton, you know, he's actually an underrated defender. He's a good defender, but I think Embiid just walks all over him because it's Embiid. And Harden revenge game a little bit. You know, the 76ers surrounding pieces are a little bit better than the Nets too. So I think the Nets can pull out a game at home 
Um, but I think this is easy. 76ers and five. Going going into this podcast, I was I was I was thinking and saying to myself, if I could see any first round like upset, this could be one of them. Yet I still picked Sixers in five. I just think they're too talented. All right, let's move on to the Western Conference, and we'll begin with the Warriors and the Kings. We are all picking the Warriors to ruin the Kings' first postseason appearance and six games. Guys, is this just is this just an experience thing? Yes. Yes, I think they have enough experience to get past on the road, even without, uh, even without uh, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, we're still, you know, not sure about him. But Kings, it'll be a pesky series. The Kings' offense is great. I know they have kind of leaks on the defensive end, but they have the second best offense in the whole NBA this year. So there's a reason for that, and they have, they're they're a deeper team than people give them credit for, and they're one of the clutchest teams in the NBA. De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis in the fourth quarter are lethal. So all that said. I still think their defense shows cracks and the Warriors experience gets them in seven. See, I feel like, you know, the Warriors, it, it's just, it's just a perfect storm because the Kings are going to have a raucous home crowd. I mean, the tickets were insane. They haven't made the playoffs six in years against the worst road team in the NBA, right? Uh, so, in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. In the playoffs. Yeah. But at the same time, these are the Warriors. They know how to win. They've been here time and time and time again. I I don't I can't see the Kings going into Golden State and winning a game. I really can't. I think it's going to be really hard for well, them. I, but but the Kings don't have to. I I'm going to go Kings in seven because wow. You, I mean, as you guys just said, the the Kings have a crazy home crowd. The Warriors can't win on the road. Four of the games are in Sacramento. So, so you think, just, you just think that alone wins every game. I, I think there's a strong chance of it, and I think, I think maybe the Warriors take one in Sacramento, but maybe the Kings take one in Golden State. So I think, I I'll, I'm gonna ride with the Kings for this one, assuming Wiggins isn't playing. It's funny because I feel like there's a hot take, but the Kings are the higher seed. So let's move on. All right, well it's a good thing Agro's pick doesn't matter. All right, let's move on to the Clippers and the Suns. We all have the Suns making the NBA Finals, so it's not a surprise that we have them beating the Paul George-less Los Angeles Clippers. Um, LS has this one going a little bit longer than the rest of us. Me and Jacob both have the Suns in five. Ellis has the Suns in six. Uh, what are you thinking here, Ellis? Well, there is the tie- we are making this game the tiebreaker is how many games it isn't. Uh, and Jeremy will have his picks later because he's in Ecuador. Um, I do think the Clippers, you know, Kawhi will lead them for a game. And they have enough depth to take- expose some of the Suns' flaws. Um, especially with a team that hasn't gelled quite yet. Like the Suns, I know they were great with KD and Devin Booker on the floor, so that might not fully come to play. But I think the Clippers are an underrated team even without Paul George and do enough to snatch two games at home, probably. All right, that is more than enough basketball. Let's talk about baseball. And our first game involves the 10-0 Tampa Bay Triple Rays. I can't even call them that now because they actually have a pretty good roster this year. Evidence by they won the first 10 games their season but now they're going up against the toronto blue jays in toronto finally have an actual challenge wait i can't say that because they're playing the red sox but now you you have a great freudian slip an actual challenge on the road and they gotta lose at some point jacob is that why you're picking the blue jays with me i mean yeah it's it's part it's probably that it's probably they're not playing in the mickey mouse clubhouse and they're finally they're finally facing a good lineup which has a strong pitching rotation the disrespect for the Rays who are 10-0 is crazy. I'm not picking against a 10-0 team, especially when you're pitting them up against the pitting them up against the Blue Jays, which I called low-key were frauds in the episode. And that they're was, six and four. They, the, the Rays have played like the Nationals, the Red Sox, and the Athletics. Hey, okay, I don't care. I don't the, care. They, they I the understand they're easy there. teams. They and the Pirates blew. they played three of the worst five teams in baseball in their first three seasons. They blew them out. They scored okay. more home runs than they let up runs. Okay, that's incredible. I don't care who you're it playing. It is incredible, but still, dude, that's like that's like me and, and the Alex Blue Jays are shooting, frauds. No, no, that's like me and Alex Glenn shooting three pointers against each other. Like it's just gonna be demolition the whole time. <laughs> if listen, the only way the Blue Jays win is if they have Manoa and Gosman lined up. Because I don't want to hear Mickey Mouse Barrios, Mickey Mouse Bassett, or Mickey Mouse Kikuchi ever again. The Blue that Jays are Those guys suck. 
The yeah. Blue Jays are mid. And the Rays pitching at least is fire. So give me the Rays. Also, Randy and Wander. I know their bat, like I know their overall, their team isn't deep in the bats, but they've got two studs. So you guys are disrespecting the Rays. And yeah, the Rays are going to win the series two to three. All right, let's move on to our last baseball game, the Orioles and the White Sox. Let me take this one because I told you before the season that the Orioles pitching staff sucks. And it has sucked. They have no good starters. They have no – everybody gets rocked. You get rocked. You get rocked. You get rocked. Dean Kramer – get the f- out of here, Dean Kramer. Cole Irving, my ass. Who, who, else, who got lit up by the Yankees yesterday? Who was that, Jacob? Cole Irvin. Cole no, Irvin. it was the righty. Wasn't it Kyle Brandish or somebody? I don't know. That it doesn't matter. They today, today, though, uh, they they got the win. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle Dude, it doesn't count. It's the athletics. How many times do I need to say that? That's like, what I said about the Rays, but. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, And I can say that about the Rays, too, because we just went and kicked the Tigers' ass. So, like, anyway. But the not Lakers, the Pirates. Not the Pirates, but they are they have a winning record. First place Pirates. Yeah, they're a good team. But the White Sox, I, they keep disappointing me. They keep letting me down. Lucas Giolito, there's something going on with him. But they still got a very good roster. Luis Robert has looked terrific this season. And I think they pull out this victory. About time the Orioles went on the road, too. Sorry, Fox. They're not going. They're going to continue disappointing you. Because, yes, 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 I understand that the, the Orioles can't pitch. But it's not like the White Sox are blowing other than Cease are blowing anyone out of the department in the pitching or hitting department. And the Orioles rake. It's that simple. They rake. Especially with Adley Rutschman. Plus, add on to the fact that this is shouldn't be in my factor, but it is that they have the coolest home run celebration in the MLB right now. Uh with the uh yeah, that was pretty cool. That? The uh the, the water the... chug slide. Yeah. Oh, I just send it to you in the chat. So so the vibes are awesome in Orioles land. The games are all fun to watch. I mean, each game is like 10 to 9, 12 to 9, because it's just like they're teeing off. It's like home run practice. But I think in a high-scoring affair, the Orioles win. All right, that is pretty sick. All right, yeah, I got the Orioles. Um, Sweet, too, bold prediction. So, um, well, let, me, let me just say this. I'm looking at the predictions right now. Me and Jacob are in lockstep, as always, kings. But Ellis has three different picks, so something big's going to happen. Uh, either me and Jacob start pulling away or Ellis will probably take over first place. And then who knows, Jeremy, he's probably just going to pick the same as us. My rightful throne will soon be mine. All right, that was a longer episode, so we're not going to do a wacky sport of the week. I know we've been bailing on that recently, but, I mean, we're producing good content, so that just kind of has to take the back end. But we'll be back with it soon, probably over the summer when we have a little more time. All right, that is it. Wrapping it up for this episode. Next episode next week will be the NFL Draft episode, one of our favorite episodes of the year, so stay tuned for that. Plus, we'll update you with the NBA playoff picture, all that MLB picture, all that good stuff, so stay tuned for that. Also, if you want to start a podcast, get your voice out to the world because, you know, if we can do it, you can do it too. Use Buzzsprout, great hosting site, get you in all the main directories, simple and easy to use, aesthetically pleasing. Use the link in our bio to start your own podcast on Buzzsprout. And yeah, you can do the free plan or paid plan. Paid plan plan comes with an Amazon gift card, I believe, still. All right, but also got to plug our own podcast. We're in all major streaming platforms. Who's on top? WHO, Postria, Space ON, Space TOP. Again, WHO, Postria, Space ON, Space TOP. Mainly, of course, on Spotify and Apple Music, where normal people listen. Sorry if you listen to other places. Um, but that's just foul. Follow the podcast. Leave a five-star rating and review. We love reading the reviews. Uh, we, we know they're always all positive. Maybe not, but regardless, they should be all positive. Like the episode and turn on the notification bell. Because we're college kids and we all post a little randomly. But they usually come out weekends or Mondays. But yeah, do all that stuff. Who's on top? Social media, we have Instagram and Twitter at Watt.Podcast. That's capital W, rest lowercase, O-T dot P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Twitter, we're interactive over there with questions and polls. And you always know when the new episode is out. Plus, you have the highlights of the episode on the media section of Twitter. But Twitter is most known for our standings updates. If you want to follow along with our standings, know the key matchups know the actual standings of the predictions game go over to the twitter and give it a follow and a like plus the link to episodes always in the bio link to our spotify is in the twitter bio same thing with instagram link to spotify is in the twitter 
bio. There's the best place to keep track of Hall of Fame, Hall of Shame, just added new entries last week. So that was exciting. Over there, we're too interactive with polls and questions. We should definitely do more of that. Hi to the episode there. You always know when the new episode's out. Plus, we have face shops of our faces on your favorite players. Always fun to make, fun to view. So go like that. All right, that is it for this week's podcast. Hope you have a great week. Stay safe, stay healthy. Hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Thank you, Agro, for coming on. And goodbye. Goodbye.